Michael Neuenschwander. He's our guest today on The Price of Business. Always love having him on the program. His company is called Outlook Wealth. And really, I've talked very often on the program that, about people who have been disappointed by what's going on with their finances because they try to take a piecemeal approach. And that approach often leads to uh, confusion and left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. And it's one of the, really, this is one of the really true firms when it comes to using the term a holistic approach. And really rubber meets the road. And uh, I love what they do. And Michael, as always, welcome to the program. A little more about your practice and your website, and we'll get straight into our topic. Yeah, Kevin, thanks for having me. Always great to be here. So, uh, yes, our uh, company, Outlook Wealth Advisors, you can find us at outlookwealth.com. We are, as you mentioned, a, a holistic you know, financial advisory firm, but in, in simple terms, it means we, we want to make sure all the pieces of somebody's plan are working together. So whether that's purely the investments, you know, a tax strategy, a you know, retirement, a savings strategy, uh, as well as health care, and ultimately the, uh, the state, the legal documents. You know, it's uh, it's why we got into this business. You know, from a personal family tragedy thirty plus years ago, but uh, making sure that all of those pieces are working together and nothing falls through the cracks. Yeah, and that's pretty consistent in a lot of our guests. Uh, they they end up doing what they do because of those kind of uh, life changing events personally, and they want to help prevent those for others. So I love that about your story. Um, so it's been interesting to watch the news. Um, it, it, it's almost like you could record each economic up, update multiple times, and then you could literally have them almost one in the morning and one in the afternoon, and they're completely 180s from one another. <laughs> and we're like used to seeing that. It's just a really strange roller coaster ride and a very difficult thing. And of course, the government, especially the White House, is always half full rather than half empty when it talks about it. But the reality is, there's a lot of um, really um, uncla- lack of clarity uh, when it comes to what's going on in this economy and how to make decisions. Talk about that. Yeah, well, as you said, it depends what hour you're watching the news. But I mean, I like to uh, use the uh, use the analogy of the uh, the old classic, you know, tale of two cities. Well, here we've got the tale of two economies. It de- depends on what's happening. You know, on the one hand, you know, the Fed comes out, you know, late December, you know, into January, saying, well, we think we're getting close to the point where we can uh, at least slow down or begin to back off on interest rate increases. So the market, the economy, everybody gets excited. You you know, January was a great month in the market. Well, and then within, uh, you know, pretty much every economic news uh, or economic update since that announcement has shown that, you know, one, you know, inflation is still here and still rampant. You know, two, the economy, you know, some parts of it are actually doing really good, which on the on the surface is fantastic news. But from Fed speak language, you know, a, a strong economy means they have to keep raising rates. And so uh, here we come into February, and the and the market's sort of coming to grips with uh, maybe things aren't you know as good, or they're not going to back off on these rate increases as quickly as we thought, um, and hence the the uh, the market starts giving some back, you know, because of that as well. Yeah, you know, since the 1970s, uh, the general belief is is you cannot get out of an inflationary environment without um, raising unemployment. Uh, The two are, are, uh, unfortunately, strong, robust employment is tied with inflation, we we have found, uh, when monetary policies have gotten out of whack. 
And so, you know, regardless of the great job reports that the president has that are often outside of his control, but congratulations. And that was the same with uh, Trump, by the way. Uh, but they sure like to take victory laps, don't they? In the end, the treatment for this is a lot like chemotherapy and cancer. It's poisonous, and they've got to poison some of the economy in order to bring it back to something normal, don't they? Yeah, and that's where you hear the talk of, well, can the can the Fed manage what they call a soft landing, which I, in simple terms, equate that to the Goldilocks scenario. You know, if they raise it too much, you know, well, then the porridge is too hot and they kill the economy. You know, they don't raise it enough, well, then they don't cool things down and inflation sticks with us in the long run. They're trying to get it just right. And uh, unfortunately, we both know historically they don't get it just right. And so that's uh, that's where we are today. And it says these uh, these you know great <clears throat> unemployment numbers. You know, it says okay, they ticked back down. Lowest unemployment you know in 50 years. Wage growth is still you know running above five percent. So as you said on on an individual level, that's great. You know, if, I, if somebody's looking for a job, they can probably find a job. You know, if somebody wants to get a, a reasonable pay scale or a raise, they can probably negotiate and get that. But when you look at that across the country, that drives inflation. You know, so you know, you can't get the, you can't get away from inflation without some pain on the unemployment side. And uh, and as yet, we have yet to see it, you know, partially because of uh, stimulus checks and everything that we're still burning off excess money, you know, from uh, from the pandemic. But that's, uh, you know, the latest numbers when I research and go through all this, you know, there was essentially an extra $2 trillion, you know, floating around the economy because of all that stimulus. Because of inflation and because people do spend the money, you know, we're down to about Point nine trillion, or call it eight hundred, you know, still nine hundred billion dollars, and so it's still going to take some time for the average consumer to sort of feel more pain, and ultimately employers pull back. So unfortunately, it looks like inflation is still going to be with us for a while, regardless of what the Fed says in the short term, and uh, yeah. and everything now yeah. is. And everything now is pointing to a bigger rate increase in March, you know, than what was anticipated, which is why the market's getting a little getting a little worried and a little uh, a little bit on a downturn here the last week or so. So you know, the uh, we're doing a lot of tur- a lot of uh, phrases and cliches from other things because frankly they fit. Um, and so I, one that comes to mind as you talk is if you're trying to invest in an environment like this. You really are looking at hedging your bets. Absolutely. And one of the tools that's out there, and this certainly isn't an endorsement. I don't know every, uh, obviously, every listener in terms of what fits their scenario. But one of the tools on the investment fronts that have been been available the past several years, we utilize it for clients. And I just encourage people, maybe look at it, investigate it on your own. But there's a class of, of investments that are basically called buffered indexes. And it says you can own an ETF, or we'll just use the S&P 500 as a simple example, and says, sure, you own that index, it's going to go up when the market goes up, but it goes down when the market goes down. There's a class of index funds where they put a limitation on the upside, but it's generally 15 16%. But in exchange for that, they'll actually take away the first 15% of any negative. And so Ooh. that's a 
that's a tool we used for clients a lot over the last few years. And, you know, frankly, the challenges we're facing in 2023 aren't that much different than what we faced in 2022. So I think uh, it's something, uh, back to your point, you know, some mechanism for investors to hedge their bets. You know, sitting in cash isn't going to work because then you're you're definitely losing to inflation. Uh, bond yields are up, but as the Fed's still raising rates, there's still some danger in the bond side in terms of some erosion of principle. And we know the market had a good January, but now it gives it back. And so the, the market's going to continue to be volatile. So if okay. you're looking for a strategy for this year, it says, yeah, you in, invest. We know the long run numbers look good, but we're still going to have some challenges probably over the next two to three quarters. You'll hear as well. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Talk a little bit about, uh, you know, with that in mind, uh, what's your over, overall outlook? Do you think the uh, hope of a soft landing is, is really only that hope? Um, you know, kind of give me, give me your sense, because you have been doing this for a long time, as you mentioned earlier, three decades. Uh, make you feel old, but, <laughs> but give me that. Give yeah. me your sense. Use your crystal ball at, at our own peril. And again, you do a very good job to remind people, you know, that uh, they also need to do their own homework and, and be uh, personally accountable. Go ahead with that. Yeah, and we always say, you know, the pers- the the crystal ball over the next three to six months is always going to be a little foggy. So by no means are we trying to say we know what's exactly what's going to happen. But given the the scenario we're in, you know, I think the likelihood of truly a soft landing where the Fed gets it just right, um, I wouldn't count on it. Let's just say say that, you know. But but what does that mean? It doesn't. I don't see a scenario where we're – I don't think we're going into a recession back in, in 08, you know, where it says you know, not only did the market fall apart, real estate fell apart, you know, giant bankruptcies of huge financial firms. I don't think we're going into that kind of recession, but certainly a recession where it says um, if right now unemployment is in the threes, well, it's probably going to tick back up into the mid to high fours or maybe touch five. You know, the terminal rate is what the Fed calls it. You know, how high are they going to raise rates? Initial projection was, you know, 5.1%. You know, now it's looking probably more like 5.6. So basically a full percentage point, you know, increase is probably what, what the expectation for this wow. year is shifting to. And so, yeah, you know, it's uh, we're going to uh, more than likely have a recession. The question is um, a lot of things because of the strong numbers in January – are they actually pushing that recession to the end of the year or early 2024? So I don't think it'll be a bad one. And we do know the market tends to act ahead of time. So just because we say a recession's coming doesn't mean the market's going to lose another 25%. Because obviously it came off of almost a negative 20 in 2022. And the market does tend to rebound before the economy itself does. So from an investment perspective, we can say I'm, st- I'm still cautiously optimistic, but not not over the next six months. We say n- nine months, you know, 12 months down the road, we're likely in a better position both economically and from a market perspective. But we're going to have a little bit of a, a rough patch and continued volatility before we get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, and you and I have done a fairly good job of uh, – 
being critical of uh, the way things have been handled, uh, like everyone else. It's not like we've been unique in that. Um, but, you know, I did, you know, you did allude to real estate, and that has been one area where I think they have apparently uh, prevented uh, an existential threat like we had in 2008. It appears, you know, we're not through it yet. Um, they responded fairly quickly in very specific areas, and uh, no one has liked the uh, short-term result results, but it's certainly better than the potential catastrophe like we had in uh, 2008, 2009, that type of thing. Yeah, and, the, and some of the numbers I read just this last week when they look at basically either um, call it, uh, occupancy levels across whether it's um, – industrial, whether it's retail, office space, or even kind of apartments. So the, the strongest areas still continue to be the industrial and the apartment you know, side. And so when we, when we look and say, yes, housing prices definitely, uh, you know, definitely spiked there in 22. Interest rates have gone up, and so that's begun to cool things a little bit. Uh, but I think from a consumer perspective, we also need to also probably come to grips that, you know, I don't think we're going to see mortgage rates in the high twos and low threes, you know, for a very, very long time. You know, it's probably if you can refinance or if you're if you get mortgage rates that are in those high fours to mid fives, that's you know, from a historical perspective, yeah. that's a really good rate. We just got spoiled, if you will, by the last ten years of of ultra low rates. Michael Neuenschwander, he's been our guest. He's with Outlook Wealth as always. Thank you, sir, for being with us.